Hello, this is Pastor Linda Faison. I bring you greetings from the Living Water Christian Center Church located in East Orange, New Jersey, where Reverend Theodore A. Faison is our senior pastor. We are certainly glad that you decided to join us today. We are praying that your life will be enriched as you hear the word of God and receive what God has for you. God bless you. We're so grateful today. We welcome you again to the Living Water Church as we celebrate Jesus um, during this summer. Amen. And uh, we're so thankful that you're here with us, that you took the time out to be with us. We also thank you for your online giving and your participation. We seek your prayers always. Uh, we would like to, before we get going, we'd like to acknowledge um, the life and work of two great civil rights leaders the Reverend C.T. Vivian, and Representative, um, the Honorable John Lewis, Congressman from um, Georgia. Um, these men both passed on Friday, and we just want to acknowledge them for the great work that they've done. Um, even back in the 60s, we have a couple of mugshots of them, um, pictures taken in the 60s when they were making good trouble. That's what John Lewis calls it, good trouble. And um, Mr. Uh, Reverend Vivian said, people do not choose rebellion. It is forced upon them. Revolution is always an act of self-defense. And these men worked hard. Um, they worked with, you know, with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and the other civil rights workers. Um, they, they put their lives in jeopardy to work for the rights and freedoms of other people especially African-Americans at the time. And so we thank God for them. We thank God for their life and their work. And our condolences go out to their families and loved ones. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for allowing us this time of fellowship together. We thank you, Lord, for um, just being able to come into the house and come into the homes and minister your word. We ask that you speak your word to your people. And to all the hearers today, Lord, we ask the blessings upon the families of Reverend Vivian and Representative Lewis. We ask your blessings and, and comfort and peace and security for the families of these great men. And Lord, as we move on in this service, we ask that you touch our ears, teach us to listen, touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for it again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We want to review a little bit of what we talked about last week in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that, but you are a chosen generation. This is in contrast to what has been um, listed earlier when talked about people who are stumbling and who are find Jesus to be a rock of offense because they don't want to receive the truth. All right, But you, in contrast to those things, you believers are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, or I like the way reason King James says, a peculiar people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We thank God for that word. You know, the Bible says here that 
it talks about you, how you're chosen. We're talking to you believers. You are chosen by God. You are the elect. Okay? You are the elect. That's what it means to be chosen. You are the elect of God. He chose you. We like to think we chose him, but he chose us first. Okay? And so we're thankful for that. And, and you're chosen. You're a chosen generation. The generation implies that a unity of a spiritual reunion. When we think of generations, we think of we think of um, we think of grandma and um, and um, and the children and the grandchildren. You know, we have some folks in our church who have four generations. We have great grandparents, and they have four generations, including themselves. But when in this point, in this purpose, generation is talking about a spiritual um, a spiritual origin. We're born together as a generation. You know. Um, we're the sons of God, we're the children of God, we're the sons and daughters of God, and, and the Lord doesn't have grandchildren. He just has sons and daughters, and that's us. And we are part of that generation. It's a spiritual origin that we have together. It also says that you are a royal priesthood. We know Jesus is priest and king, just like Melchizedek, all right? He's a priest and king. He's a priest in the fact, in the truth, that he makes intercession for the saints, he go, he's the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So he's the priest in that respect, and he's king. He's king because he's Lord of all, all right? And he's king. He's the king of the Jews, not just king of the Jews, but he's our king as well. And we thank God for that. And so we, part, we participate in his service and his ministry, okay? So he's the priest, he's the king, and we participate because we're related to him, and we are royal priesthood as well. And so we thank God for that. Now, it says here that a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy nation, holy as in righteous, as in set apart, as in sanctified, a, a group of people, a nation like that. And I lost my spot, and here it is. His own peculiar people, or a, a special people, a peculiar people, now, when we think of peculiar, we don't mean you're peculiar because you're strange. <laughs> I mean, you might appear strange. The way we act is strange to some people. I know. I understand. You know, it's even strange to some church folk. Okay? But we're peculiar in the sense that we're special and we're different. Peculiar, we're talking about being different. You're different from the world. Okay? You, the church, the believers are different from the world. You may dress like them. And you even talk like them sometimes, but you are different. You have a different destiny. You have a different origin. You have a, a, a different purpose in the same world that everybody lives in. So you're peculiar in that way, and you act a little strange too. Okay? Like the songwriter said, we cry when there's nothing wrong. You know, those kind of things. You know, so we act a little different. All right? So, so we, we thank God for those things. But it says here that you might proclaim. What is our purpose? Why are we so special? Why are we so different? So we can proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Okay? And so we've been called out. The church means, ecclesia. We've been called out. We are the assembly. We've been called out of the world, called out of darkness. Darkness, again, represents um, ignorance. and represents sin. and represents not knowing better. But we know better now. Amen. Okay? And so we've been brought into light. Light represents knowledge and information and, and, and cleanness and things like that. Praise God. And so we've been called out of the world, 
into his light. Okay, Jesus is the light of the world. And actually, in one place, he also calls us the light of the world, too. But we do understand that we only reflect the light that he's given us. Okay, he's the source of the light. He's the source of the truth. He's the source of righteousness. And we just reflect those things. And so that's our purpose. We're called out of the world to proclaim his praises. Proclaiming his praises means that we talk about him. We share what he's done for us. We boast on him. We, we tell people about Jesus. We give our testimony, and we share our own stories and how he has affected us. That's, that's the praises of him. It's not just the praises when we lift our hands and our voices with the hallelujahs, but it's the way we describe him, the way we talk about him, the way we conduct ourselves, okay? And the way we show that we belong to Christ. And when we do those things, he's receiving praise. Another place that talks about us doing good works so our Father which is in heaven can be glorified, okay? Once, talking about you again, verse 10, who once was not a people, but are now the people of God, <laughs> who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You know, so the scripture says we weren't even a people, okay? We did not have a covenant. We did not have a God. We did not have a purpose like this. We were just a bunch of scattered folks, a bunch of heathens, Gentiles, the nations, and we were not a people, but we now are we the people of God. We have identified, we are identified through Jesus Christ. Hear what I'm saying? God the Father in the Old Testament identified himself through the, through the patriarchs. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord God, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? And that's how he identified himself. He talked to the prophets that way and the priests and the people. Now, he's identified through Jesus Christ. The scripture says he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And that's how he's identified. And you and I as believers are identified through Christ too. Now are we the people of God because we have been identified with Jesus. Okay? And we have obtained mercy. Thank God for the mercy. All right, because all of us have sinned. All of us has come short of the glory of God. All of us have missed the mark and have not obtained the standard on our own. But through Jesus Christ, we receive mercy. Amen. And the mercy helps us to get where we have to be. And the mercy helps us to be seen by God in a different light. And so we're thankful for that. So let's move on down. Verse 11 says, Behold. I beg you, or I beseech you, I urge you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. All right. So, so Peter is saying that I'm urging you, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, I'm beseeching you. Uh, I, I really, uh, you know, it's really important that you do this. That as you recognize who you are first, you are sojourners and pilgrims. We are strangers in this land. 
I know you've been living here all your life. <laughs> all right? And so, and you're a citizen of whatever state you're in, and you're a citizen of the country that you belong to. But we are also citizens of heaven. And because we're a peculiar people, and because we are identified through Jesus Christ, we're, we're considered strangers and pilgrims and travelers, okay? It's as if we've been, as if we visit another country. When you go out of your country of origin and you visit another country, you are a alien. You are a stranger, okay? And so that's how we are in this world. We're strange. We're, we're like aliens, okay? And we're like pilgrims. We're like travelers going through until we get home, all right? And so he says, as such, since you are a pilgrim and since you are a stranger and since you are peculiar and since you do kind of stand out, you know, saints, you do stand, even you quiet people in the corner, you stand out amongst the people in the world. Yes, you do. All right? And since you do stand out, he says, it's important for us to abstain, to resist the fleshly carnal lusts and desires, those fleshly carnal desires and, um, and, and, and lusts and appetites that, that war against our soul. See, here's our situation. We talked about this before. Okay? Um, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved my very soul. All right? But my body is not saved. My flesh is not saved. And that carnal sin nature that I was born with, I still have it. Okay? I still have that. Oh, by the way, so do you. All right? I still have that. And it, it's in conflict to what the Lord wants me to be, wants me to do. I can't separate myself from the body because that's called death, and I'm not doing that, okay? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not right away, okay? So here's the story. So I have to work spiritually. I have to train myself. I have to submit myself to God, and I have to resist the devil, but I also need to resist my own fleshly urges, Okay, And as good as I can do this, as much as I do it, they are always there and always coming back. And I can have a good season. I said, well, I've done good this week. I thank God. I haven't had these thoughts. I haven't had these urges. You know, but they will be back. They will be back. Okay? So here's the thing. It says I need to abstain. Abstain means to resist. Um, deny yourself that thing. No thank you. Okay? You know when someone offers you something you don't eat, you politely say, no, thank you. All right? Now, when you abstain from your, you may not have to, you don't have to be as polite with yourself. <laughs> you know, you, when, you, when you're working with yourself, you don't have to be as polite. You could be as forceful as you need to be to say, no, you know, I'm not doing that. You know, and remember, we're going to submit to God. Resist the devil. While we resist the devil, we're resisting our own flesh, too. We're going to resist the temptations to do the wrong things. See, the problem with temptation is that I really want to do it. Okay? As it would be, a temp it would be tempting. If I didn't want to do it, it would not be a temptation. So when we look at um, temptations, when we consider temptations, check this out. So if you offer me, um, if you offer me some cigarettes <laughs> or, some, or some alcohol, that's not tempting to me, okay? But Satan knows, I know, and my flesh knows what will tip the brother. 
all right? And when that's being offered, that's when I get into um, a little struggle. But, of course, the Lord makes a way of temptation, makes a way of escape for everybody. Amen? So here we go. Here we go. Um, so I need to abstain from these things because it wars against my soul. My soul is my life, my life that belongs to God, my life that, that's going to go to heaven, that soul that's going to go to heaven, right, and, and um, that, that belongs to the Lord. The flesh wars against that. I'm schizo, all right? I'm not making fun of anybody who has a diagnosis. Please forgive me. But I'm saying I, I, I'm going both ways here. I want to do some stuff, and I don't want to do some stuff. Paul talks about this in um, uh, Romans, I believe, chapter 7. He says, when I want to do good, evil is always present. Okay? And so that's the situation that I'm in, and I believe you can relate to that. Right? And so I need to abstain that. And here's what I need to have. He says in verse 12, have your conduct honorable. I, it's telling me to behave, say, face it, you need to go out in the world and behave yourself. You need to talk, walk, work, and live in an honorable way so when the Gentiles or the unbelievers talk about you falsely, all right, you'll be vindicated in the last day. All right, so here's the problem. You got these people, when the original readers of this, of this letter are being persecuted, they're being called things that are not right. Um, the religious community is persecuting them, and the Roman Government is persecuting them because they're not believing, they're not serving the way other people want them to serve. They're, they're serving in the way of Jesus, okay? And so because they're being persecuted, because they, because they um, hate Jesus, they hate the believers too, and they persecute them, and people are losing their homes, people are being accused of the wrongdoing, and they're suffering a lot of things at the hands of other people. We'll call them Gentiles for right now. It's just another word for the people who are not Jews are called Gentiles. You know, I used to be a Gentile, um, or I like the word heathen, actually. Okay, I like that a little better because it sounds dirty. Okay, so here. So they're being persecuted, and they're being evil spoken of. They're going to talk about you as evildoers. Even the Apostle Paul, before he became Paul the Apostle, was Saul of Tarsus, and he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting Jewish believers as evildoers, okay? And he was able to lock them up and put them in jail and bring them before the court, that kind of thing, all right? And so it says here that they speak against you as evildoers. They may, by your good works, by your good conduct and behavior and the way you talk and act and behave yourself, which they observe, which they actually observe and recognize, glorify God in the day of visitation. The day of visitation is the last day, the day of judgment, things like that. You know, there'll come a day, there's a judgment day for everybody, and the saints are going to be judged for their works. And so there's a day where everybody's, there's not going to be any denial who Jesus is and what he has done. And, and there's going to come a day when we stand, when people stand before the judge. They cannot lie before the judge. You can go into court today and perjure yourself, but there's nobody perjuring themselves before the living God. Nobody's doing that. Everybody's going to speak the truth. If you get a chance to speak, you're going to tell the truth. And people who have, who have accused you of evil doing when you haven't done any evil are going to have to admit it sometime. 
They're going to have to admit that. And so here's the story. So you, the believers, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you're strange, you're peculiar, you don't participate in the stuff that the world does, you know you resist the devil, um, you, you submit to God, and you try to handle your own flesh, you, you um, put your own flesh in subjection. Amen? You put it in subjection. And so, and you even resist yourself. And people don't like that. There are people that don't like that. The fact that you're not participating that way they participate, they find that offensive. Now you say, I'm just minding my own business, going through this life, going to work and going to school, you know, doing what I have to do. You know, I'm not messing with anybody, but there are folks that don't like that because you're not participating like they're participating. And the fact that you walk and reflect the light of Jesus Christ, you bring conviction on people. And you say, but pastor, I haven't said anything to them. I'm not even a good witness. I haven't done anything, haven't said anything. I don't accuse people. I don't judge folk. It doesn't matter. You don't have to because these people have conscience, just like you have a conscience. They have a conscience, and when they see you doing right and know they're doing wrong, there is conviction, all right? And, and, and you bother them. Yes, you do. You get on their nerves. Yes, you do. You bother them, you know? And so the thing is that you can't help it. It's not your fault, and you must continue doing the right thing. And folks will look for something to accuse the believer of. I'm sorry, but it's true. They'll watch you. Teammates, classmates, coworkers will watch you. And when you slip, now some of them watch you, they want you to do well because they want you to prove that this thing is right. But then you got those other people, you got those haters who are watching you, and they want to see you slip. They want to see you slip and fall. They want to see you hang your knee against the desk and shout something out. So they can say, aha, uh-huh, see? You know, that's what they want. And there are people like that in the world. I'm sorry, but they are there. Tell your children. There are folks like that, okay? But here's what we want you to do. It doesn't matter if they accuse you of what you're not doing. What matters is when they accuse you and you actually did it, okay? So if, if you... If you suffer, if you suffer as an evildoer, if I do something wrong and I break the rule and I, I, I fracture the law and, 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 and I have to suffer for it, I need to suffer for it patiently. You know, I need to just take it. But if I'm being accused of something I haven't done, if I'm being accused of being an evildoer when I haven't done evil, then I... I I need to give God the glory for that. And, and you know, as much as I want vindication, as much as I want to be proven right, I have to understand that the Lord will get glory out of it eventually. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't defend yourself and don't, um, don't advocate for it. You have to advocate for yourself in the world, okay, where you are, at the work, at school, at home, wherever it is. You know, if you're being... T- if you're being accused of something you haven't done, you need to stand up and say, this is not right. Okay? But if you're accused of something you did do, <laughs> there's room to repent. <laughs> you have to admit you're wrong and repent, you know, and, and, um, and try to make restitution if it's possible. So here we go. 
the thing that's important that we want to get out of here is that we conduct ourselves right. Now, uh, we, we live under grace and truth, and we have the forgiveness of God and his mercy. And in Romans, it talks about how he makes intercession for the saints, you know, and how Jesus died for our sins. But we still need to conduct ourselves as true believers. Amen? Amen. So as, let me recap a little bit. I want to flip over to Romans chapter 8. I want to show you something in Romans chapter 8. And we'll start around verse 28. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Remember we talked about being a, a, a chosen generation? You know, uh, we're born into this thing. So we're born into this thing with Christ. Amen. He's the firstborn among many brethren. We're the brethren, and he's the firstborn. He's the big brother. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Remember, we're called. We're chosen and we're called. All right? Whom he called, these he also justified. That's the holiness we're talking about. We've been justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So we thank God that, that when we talk about you being a chosen generation, an elect people, a royal priesthood, the Lord has done all this for you. And he did it. He knew that one day you would come to faith. And so he set things up for you, right? He knew you, foreknew, he foreknew you, and he predestined you to become in the image of his son, that, you, that he might, the son might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, he predestined, um, he, those whom he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Amen. Amen. And so, and we have all this, so we could go back to what Peter said, so we could proclaim, our mission is to proclaim the praises of him who called us, to proclaim the praises of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we proclaim those praises verbally and non-verbally. And we know we talk about them, we share, we preach, we teach, we testify, and we also conduct ourselves as real, true believers. So, like Jesus said in the um, Sermon on the Mount, he said that men will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That's what we need to be doing. We need to glorify God in the way we behave. Amen? Amen. So, we say to you today that it's important, despite all the guarantees that we have, it's important for the believer to conduct himself and herself as a true believer. We represent Jesus. People need to see Jesus in us. We need to reflect, be a reflection of the light that the Lord has shown upon us. And we need to be a reflection of Jesus. They need to see us and say there's something peculiar about this one, something different about him, something different about her. And when they find out that you are a believer... They should not be surprised. Amen?
Amen. We thank God today. We thank God for your participation in hearing the word of God. We trust that, that um, it helped you in some way. We encourage you to continue to read the scriptures. Read what the Bible says. Read First Peter. Read the whole letter in one setting and then go over it again. You know, and read the other verses. If you have a commentary, see what the commentary says. And also, as we read, as we study, ask the Lord for an understanding of these things. We are so thankful today, and we thank God for you. We want you to know, if you're not a believer today, if you have not come to faith in Jesus Christ, he will receive you just for the asking. For by grace are we saved through faith, and it is a gift of God. Amen. So just ask him to come into your life and he'll do the things for you because he's provided everything for your salvation. We thank God today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We ask you to bless the hearers of your word today and help us, Lord, to live up, live up to the requirements that you have for us. Even as we participate in your mercy and grace, and we receive all these things that we have not earned or deserved. We are thankful. We're thankful for what you're doing for us even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we pray that things go well with you. We ask you to stay safe. In Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973 902 9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at livingh2o church, or Zelle at 973 902 9933. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.